the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So Jesus Christ is our model. And the Bible tells Christians what they should and should not do, what is right and what is wrong. It is pretty straightforward, isn't it? We are to be about the Father's business. And the example and illustrations left for us can be found in Christ. Hi there. And this is Studying Verse by Verse. Pastor Leighton Sheely continues with our series on the body of Christ, the church. What is the church? What are we to be about? What should we look like? What should we be doing? Well, today we take our cue from the head of the body. And when we say that Jesus Christ is the head of the body, well, what exactly are we saying? Pastor Leighton Sheely explains now on Study Verse by Verse. Today, we look at what it means when we say Christ is the head of the church, which is his body. Now, why did Paul choose the metaphor of the, of the, of the body to describe the church? Well, it might have come from the Old Testament concept of the unity of God's people, there was a, a corporate personality in which the entire community was seen as a single entity. And it was either blessed or suffered because of the act of one individual in that community. For instance, we find the story of Achan in Joshua chapter 7. One man who chose to sin, and because of this one man's sin, the entire community, the nation of Israel, suffered. They suffered their first loss, their first defeat in battle. And so the Bible teaches uh, that we really are one for all and all for one. It's also possible that it became clear to Paul um, on the road to Damascus. Paul had been out uh, persecuting Christians. And Christ, when he met him on the road, said, why do you persecute me? Christ himself made a direct connection between the persecution of his people and himself. The metaphor of our being the body of Christ and Christ being our head underscores that we are one with Christ and Christ is one with us. We are connected. When we suffer, Christ suffers with us. The metaphor also underscores that we are the hands, the mouth, and the feet of Christ We are the instruments through which his will is accomplished in this world. And in the one body are many parts that work together to function as one entity. For instance, we walk when our two legs, two separate parts, are operating in cooperation. And that cooperation is made possible when they follow the instructions of the head. William Barclay writes, The church is the body of Christ. That is, the organism through which he acts and which shares all his experiences. But humanly speaking, the body is the servant of the head and is powerless without it. So Jesus Christ is the guiding spirit of the church. 
It is at his bidding that the church must live and move. Without him, the church cannot think the truth, cannot act correctly, cannot decide its direction. Our human bodies receive their instructions from the head. It is the head that has the faculties that ascertains the situation in need. Our hands and feet might feel the heat of an approaching fire when it's close, but our head has the eyes to see and the ears to hear the fire when it is yet far off and not yet dangerous. The head contains the mind to consider the list of options available and choose a direction for the body. Our bodies respond to the instruction of the head so that we fight the fire or we flee, depending on the decision of the head. Jesus Christ is our head, as we are his church. And we are instructed to be like Jesus, transformed into the image of Jesus. We are instructed to think like Jesus. Philippians 2.5 says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours, or which was also in Christ Jesus. Have the mind of Christ. The New Living Translation translates this passage, You must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position or form of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This passage clearly teaches that Jesus should be our model. It then describes him as being obedient to God and humble and serving towards mankind. The passage is preceded with these instructions to us. It says, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. So Jesus Christ is our model. And the Bible tells Christians what they should and should not do, what is right and what is wrong. Now, there is a word for describing a standard for what is right and what is wrong, and the word is ethic, ethic. The English word ethic comes from the Greek word ethos, which means a custom, usual practice, or manner, whether established by law or otherwise. 
It's a word that should be distinguished from morality, which comes from Morris. Technically, ethics and morality are two separate but related things. Ethics refers to a set of standards around which we organize our lives and from which we define our duties and obligations. It results in a set of imperatives that establishes acceptable behavior patterns. It is what people ought to do. It is the right thing to do. It is the good thing to do. By contrast, morality describes what people are already doing, whether it's ethical or not. Now, there are all kinds of ethics, and we in, as Christians in America are, are surrounded by various ethics, some of which might sound good on the surface, but when we really look at them, we realize they are not biblical ethics. They are not Christian ethics. And yet, because we interact with the world, uh, we can oftentimes end up adopting these ethics thinking that they are in the Bible. Let me, uh, let me give you some examples of ethics that we find. The first one, of course, is probably not so much found in America, but uh, it, it is found, and that is uh, that might makes right. Uh, the ancient Greek philosopher Therasmachus is uh, credited with saying, justice is in the interest of the stronger party. Uh, a modern way of saying it, and you've heard it said, he who has the gold makes the rules. Uh, in other words, what is right is defined by who has the power, whether that power is in money or political or physical or psychological in nature. Now, usually in America, when we say that statement, he who has the uh, gold makes the rules, it's sort of said tongue-in-cheek uh, because we as a nation have a fundamental belief that all men are created equal. But this uh, ethic is the de facto standard in uh, South American tyrannies and dictatorships. He who has the power makes the rules. Now, when we look at human history, we find that this is not an, an advantageous ethic by any means because there were people such as Stalin and Nero who uh, obviously had the might but weren't right. In fact, history tells us that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Now, there's a, a, another variation on this theory in that, it, 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 excuse me, there is another ethic, and that is that what the community says is right is right, that each community sets its own set of ethics, and any similarity between the moral codes of one community and another are simply due to common needs and aspirations. Now, the problem with this is that there are still some communities in this world who think that cannibalism is perfectly acceptable. And when a, a community that has conflicting ethics comes and there's a conflict between two communities, then how can you define which one is truly right unless there's some kind of an overriding set of standards, an overriding set of ethics, or you revert to the ethic that we just mentioned, and that is the stronger is the one that establishes what's right. Now, there's an, another ethic, and that is that uh, man is the measure. Protagoras, an ancient Greek philosopher, claimed that man is the measure of all things. 
In other words, it is each man who establishes for himself what is right and what is wrong. And this is a really common philosophy that is held in America today. It's especially espoused by the young. Uh, you probably heard the phrase, hey, that works for you, that's fine. That's right for you, as long as it works for you. And that's a way of saying this ethic in, in, in modern words. Of course, the most basic problem we have with using this ethic is that acceptable behavior varies greatly from person to person. And so uh, if you were to try to use this ethic as a way of uh, supervising a community, it wouldn't work because a community requires unity. And if everybody is setting their own standards of what's right and wrong, there is no unity. What you have is chaos. Exploring ethics and morality. Here, today on Study Verse by Verse, Pastor Leighton Sheely continuing our series called The Body of Christ. To learn more about this broadcast, you're welcome to visit our website, highlands.us. You can also glean more information about our church, Church of the Highlands, here in San Bruno. You're always welcome to visit as well. Again, directions, information can be found on the website highlands.us. Thank you for joining us here today on Study Verse by Verse. Until next time, on behalf of Pastor Leighton Sheely, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.